Well, it's been nice. Like, it's been great. I guess it's over. So we we had um, some quick decisions to make following that night in the car park. A, hibernate. Let all our staff go. Number two was shut shop completely. Take any money that was left and go our separate ways. And number three was go hard. (laughs) And we did that. Hey, welcome to the Lady Brains podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Judd and Anna McKenzie, co-founders of Lady Brains, a digital and IRL club for female founders and founders to be. We're chasing down the most successful female entrepreneurs from around the globe, not only to hear their life story, but to extract their knowledge and world-class insights. If you're smart, savvy, and ambitious, then Lady Brain, you are in the right place. Get ready for a dose of inspo, hard-hitting truths, and actionable insights. Strap in. Our next guests are the perfect case study of the idea that in business, when one door closes, another door opens. We're chatting with Hannah and Pippa. They're the charismatic co-founders of Merch Girls, a product design agency that creates beautiful custom merch for some of the biggest brands in Australia. We're talking Mecca, the Australian Open, and yes, even Lady Brains. Hannah and Pippa met years ago when Hannah had her own fashion label, and at the time, Pippa started working with her as a consultant, helping to manufacture pieces and bring them to market. They had a beautiful working relationship, but Everything came to a grinding halt when Hannah decided to walk away from her business after a decade, leaving Pippa without her main client and source of income. Their story doesn't end here, though. Only a few months after this, a big opportunity with the Australian Ballet came their way, and so they formed a new partnership and Merch Girls was born. We kicked off the chat asking the duo about their careers in fashion before they went into business together. I used to have a fashion label before Merch Girls, which was called Chip Chop. And Chip Chop was because of my surname Chipkin. So I took a bit of the chip and added a bit of chop and that's how Chip Chop (laughs) came about. It's quite a funny little name. And I was designing graphic printed tote bags, tees, and like quite streetwear, quite nonsensical, whimsical stuff. So I was making this product in Australia And I was very new to the scene in terms of how to get products made. So I was in a button shop in Fitzroy and I was checking out buttons for trims and things like that for, you know, some new stuff I was wanting to make. And I saw a little ad at the front of the cashier as I was checking out. It was very badly designed. It was like a little kind of typed. I think it was yellow. Yeah. I think it had like yellow highlight in it. (laughs) And it said... um, looking for a, you know, manufacturer, we make any job, no matter how big or how small. And there was a phone number at the bottom. And I thought, I actually really need someone who can help me make product. I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't really know the options available. It was very limited at the time. So I called the phone number and Pippa answered the phone. And I said, hey, I'm Hannah. I've got a label and You said, you know, I found your ad in the button shop. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, so I just wanted to know, like, can you make some things for me? I have some ideas and I was chatting through them and she was like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a piece of cake. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this sounds fantastic, you know. So she was really 
fun and engaging on the phone and she had me completely at ease. So we met a few days later and kind of had a meeting and I showed her stuff and she kind of just really assured me that she could make this stuff for me. I mean, who meets over a little job ad? That is just the craziest. Do, Hannah, were you kind of putting it out into the universe that you were, you needed this person? You needed someone that could help you with, you know, the quantities that you were looking for and obviously good quality. Was it almost like too good to be true? Like this ad just appeared out of nowhere? Absolutely, because my problem at that time and just kind of sussing out how to get products made was there was no one telling you, hey, I can do this. There was, I was Googling manufacturers, Sydney, I mean, Melbourne or wherever. And it was like a dark hole with Mm. nothing that came back. So to see a little ad that said, hi, I can make stuff. I was like, golden, like that doesn't happen. So that's why I followed it. It wasn't a common thing. It was quite unusual. And so Pippa, what were you doing at the time? And what prompted you to print out a little yellow flyer and put it in a button shop in Fitzroy? (laughs) So I'd been in manufacturing of fashion from when I was probably about 15. So I knew how to make things, you know, by that time I'd been making things for, you know, usually people that I'd been working for or for myself. I also had a fashion label and just always been making things, cutting things on, you know, the, the floor of my, you know, apartment And then I was in Bali and I met another lady and then I'm like, let's just set up a factory. And I'm like, oh, what? Now I've got a factory. Like, you know, what am I going to do? I need some clients. And I was like, well, I'll just put a few really like tacky pamphlets out. And I think they were yellow. Like I almost feel like it said cheap as chips. But it was just like everyone needs to know someone that can get stuff made. The phone just went off and I think I went back to Jimmy's button store and there was like, you know, I made those little tear-outs, the ripper ones. There was no tear-outs left. Like someone had come and like, you know, taken them. And so thanks to a flyer at Jimmy's button store, Hannah and Pippa met. They connected instantly and Pippa quickly became Hannah's right-hand woman, helping her manufacture her designs and bring them to life. They absolutely loved working together, but after a decade of working on Chip Chop, like so many of us, Hannah was tired. And after much deliberation, she decided to close up shop, meaning that Pippa lost her only client. I actually had a family intervention. Well, my family had an intervention with me regarding closing Chip Chop. And that all came from love and support. So my husband got on board, like, to make the business more serious and focus on sales and build the machine. My dad helped investing and my mum was there as real moral support. But the numbers just weren't working at the end of the day and we had some great seasons and some less great seasons. So I think they sat me down on the couch one day and just said, is this really what you want to do? And I think I just collapsed a little bit in a bit of a heap and I was like I don't know I'm a bit lost like it got really fashiony and it got really about trends and cuts and all of this stuff that I did love but it wasn't my strength so I think I just said I just don't think I can do it anymore and they're like whatever you decide we're with you but let's just you make your decision so I actually was quite at peace with my decision a few days later and then I told Pippa and how was that conversation for you? Was that scary? Uh, no, I definitely respected it. You know, those moments are actually really nice and that's not 
the only moment I've had or we've had moments together like that. But when when you lose something, you get brought back down and then you've got so many options. So I think mm. it's really important to have that moment. So I think those moments are good moments. What could have been a devastating situation for the both of them, Hannah closing her business and Pippa losing her only client, actually turned into the biggest opportunity of their lives. Even though the two weren't working together anymore, they were still friends and after a few months they started talking about what a new business together might look like. If I'm going to do something, it's going to be designing for a brand or for a company, someone, you know, kind of project-based work. And Pippa said, yeah, absolutely, that's actually really sounds like a solid idea. So we're like a kiss, kiss, hug, hug, let's see where that goes, left that afternoon um, and then I got a, an email, I think it was that evening, from a former customer of Chip Chop, the marketing manager of the Australian Ballet, and I had in the Chip Chop era made a tote bag for them that had sold really well. And so she said, hey, Hannah, is there any chance you'd think about designing the full merch range for the Australian Ballet for 2016. This was 2015 when she contacted me. And I just read that email and I was like, this is a project. This is for a customer. (laughs) This is it. So I, you know, I called Pippa the next day and I said, you won't believe it, but I have an opportunity and we can both get involved because I do not want to do this on my own. I said, absolutely, let's do it. And we set up a meeting with the Australian Ballet to understand more. But in the meantime, we kind of registered a business name and started with one client. Tell us about the feeling when you landed that first Australian Ballet client. Were you just like, what? This is exactly what we're looking for. This is crazy. A hundred percent. It was like the dream gig. So what the Australian Ballet required of us was like, can you do tutus? Can you do fairy wings? Can you do fairy wands, we need pyjamas, pillowcases, like active wear. Like, so the list expanded and we'd never done a lot of it before. So we were just working it out. It was really nice to just focus on one big project. You know, it's like, okay, Tuesday, we've got to figure out the, you know, the fairy wings. Friday will be the magic wands, you know. We, then we've got we've got those um, leggings we've got to work out on Tuesday. So everything was like working it out, mm-hmm. sampling it and showing the client. But it was a brilliant way to cut our teeth in actually quite a lot of different products in the first go. Take us through to the end of that um, contract and tell me, you know, who were you starting to knock on the doors of? I think Pippa touched on the Australian Open, but for me, that was the only client that I really wanted. Like I just love the Open. It's my favourite event. I literally is only sport I'll watch and I, I felt very close to it. And like magical summers with the cicadas and the doors open and you've got a drink and it's the Open. That was the pinnacle of merch. So I remember saying to Pippa, 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 I reckon we should do the Australian Open. Like I feel passionate about it. 
So I really wanted to impress Hannah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. So I called a few times and I'm like, hi, you know, we're the merch girls. We'd love to have a meeting with you and, you know, discuss the merch that we can do. They're like, we've got contracts, you know, with our suppliers. You know, there's no room for you. We can't meet with you. And I was like, oh, goodness, what am I going to do? I'm just going to call one more time. But I had to leave the room and just these words came out of my mouth. I just had a meeting with the president yesterday of Tennis Australia and he said I should come in and show you the merch and he's like, yep, sure, Thursday. I'm like, fantastic, see you then, Stu. And uh, just to clarify, you had not had a meeting with the president of Tennis Australia? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was like, oh, you know, my father-in-law, Roger, he was friends with him, so I'm like, oh, you know. There was a, a slight stretch, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll find yeah. a way to, to worm our <laughs> way in. <laughs> Like, there we were. Yeah. There could be a misunderstanding, yeah. you know, yeah. down the track. But, yeah. yeah. So it's we... like the reverse name drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, second uncle, yeah, he, uh, he, he once yeah. met a guy. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't tell Hannah what I said. I'm just like, mm. walked out, Hannah, we got a meeting. And she's like, wow, that's really great. We made a whole collection for the, them this time. We're like, we are going to show you what we can do because Obviously, last time you couldn't visualise it, so we're going to go make up all the merch and we're going to bring it. We don't know who to, but it was these lovely ladies this time. Stu had left and we made, like, bags. We made this all amazing, you know, two different capsules that were so cute. Oh, cool. They were actually really, really cool. And we thought, oh, my God, it's going to happen. These ladies are going to order the merch. But then again it came down to, look, we've already got contracts, you know, and there's licensees. And um, that was a no in the end, wasn't it? So we'd been knocked back a few times and I was I, I then went overseas the next year and I came back in October and I said as a joke, oh, Pippa, guess the Australian Open isn't happening again. And again, just like magic, within a day or two of me saying that as a joke, we get a call. You could probably guess what happened next. The duo got the job. But there was only one catch. They had to deliver the entire range of product in under three months. Pippa and I were like working probably the hardest we've ever worked from the bedroom office late till late at night. Um, We got everything signed off. We ordered two tickets to Bali. The same day. We're like, sign off. Okay, bang. We're going tomorrow Tomorrow. at six o'clock. See you later, family. No, you haven't seen us for a few weeks, but you're not going to see us for a few months now. (laughs) And hopped on a plane. And went to Bali and we made all the product using Pippa's contact over there in Indonesia or in Bali. So it was, you know, this an amazing quick, fast-paced couple of weeks where we oversaw the printing. You know, we we would arrive at the printer in the morning. We would stay and wait while they were doing the strike-off tests. We would change the yellow tone a little bit. We were like the production. We were like production. On the ground. On the ground. We were like, okay, we just need to do that a little bit faster now. We've got a few more to do. So like (laughs) people, we're like literally almost printing them ourselves. We're just desperate to get it done because... There was no time and it was our reputation on the line and our dream job. So it was pretty So we couldn't say no but we had to deliver. Then we stayed 10 days, we went back, we waited seven days and we went back to make sure it was all okay and help finish Mm. Um, and it was running behind. Polos were late. And it was really... um, 
we, we're literally there till four o'clock in the morning helping fold them, press them, put them in, you know, yeah. and you've just packaging. got sweat sitting on the factory floor going, we can do this, we can do this. <gasps> yeah. Haven't eat it. Like I remember Hannah's like, eat people. I'm like, I can't eat. Like <gasps> yeah. we just need to pack Hannah. There's no time to eat. But you know what? It did get on the plane. And it arrived. And it, arrived. And it sold so well. And they were thrilled. We felt really proud of that moment. What did you learn from that whole experience? Because, you know, saying yes to something that ordinarily you may not be able to deliver like crazy turnaround. What did you learn from that entire experience working with the Australian Open and kind of just like rallying together and making it happen? I think we learned that adrenaline can get you really far. So even just the momentum and the excitement and having that energy in your body, it really can carry you distances and make you do things that you wouldn't normally think you can do. So I think it largely was attributed to this wild energy that we had flowing through our veins going, this is the time, it's now or never. We either like really do this or we, you know, sideline. So And a commitment. I think once you've made a commitment, you can't not deliver. So that yeah. creates the, you know, the rush. The rush. And the reason we made the commitment was because we really wanted the job. So it was kind of like dream job, opportunity, very risky, yes or no, either we fail and we lose our reputation or we deliver and we get more. And you know what? That's pretty much been our motto since. We mostly say yes. This doesn't also happen in isolation. What it sounds like is you've created some incredible relationships. You've got relationships with some incredible, um, you know, factory owners and managers. Can you tell us a bit more about that? I didn't even know what that meant, relationships, a few years ago. I remember like we're in this business club and they're like, you know, relationships. Like, what are relationships? Do you take the clients and suppliers out for lunch? I don't understand this. It all seems a bit difficult. And then I'm like, hold on, I've got actual real relationships with all the suppliers and our clients, like I actually am excited when they call and I want to know about them and I want to impress them. So I know what relationships, and I've been saying to Hannah, I've just finally understood what relationships are. And it's when you can rely on a supplier and a client can rely on you no matter what. And you've had years of working together. Most of our suppliers, we've worked together since day one. So we're really, really lucky. Yeah, no, relationships um, have come from a lot of time, Pippa. It's time. It's time. It's also taking it a little bit slowly, like you know, we didn't have heaps of clients at the beginning. So it was like that slow trust and, you know, taking long phone calls and meeting 20 times before a deal was done and proving ourselves by sending mock designs before they've been requested and like just giving that service in terms of a client side with relationships. And that's really bought us a lot of trust. I think, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we have had an experience with you guys as clients as well. You guys are um, doing our next range of events, which we can talk about in a sec. But I think from our perspective, our experience has been not only that you have gone above and beyond in every single 
way, but we feel like we've really got to know you as people (laughs) as well. Absolutely. And it's been so fun working with you guys. You've been on our radar ever since we saw your last merch drop. I'm like, that is cool merch. They know what they're doing. Um, So gosh, we really should be working with them too. I was a bit jealous. Well, it's so funny. So this <laughs> merch drop, uh, Caitlin sort of like on a, on a phone call or a Zoom meeting was like, okay, I've got the next idea for our merch drop. And I'm like, okay, it's like um, October. Like, <laughs> She's like, it's our summer collection. We're doing shirts. I'm like, great. How? How are we going to do this? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, yeah, no, nothing about obviously creating our own merchandise or clothing range, which really it's kind of felt like because we've done custom shirts, which is so, so cool, right? Well, when we first met um, and you showed us your mood board of products, I got really swept into the whole thing and I was like, we'll make it, we'll just have to make it. Like, (laughs) is this going to sell? It's really cool. It was a very unique idea and to me it was like honestly I don't have to make it. I have to get Pippa to get Kathy to make it but I was like let's make it please. We'll just do it um, because being kind of brand and creative director I love having a whole variety of jobs on our go and we've gotten very corporate which is really fantastic because it kind of has helped us grow and build a team but those creative gigs those you know more boutique jobs really excite me yeah and you you did Kate you had a really strong vision which really helps because you know there aren't many people out there in Australia that can make that shirt but you knew what you wanted and when you came to us we can make that happen but having with you having that that vision Mm -hmm. in mind made that whole process of what do you want faster which means we could make it faster it's been such a great process just like coming in here and looking at all the swatches and I think it's been you know I think Caitlin has had a really strong vision but you guys have also brought your expertise to the table throughout and I feel like it's been quite a collaborative process you both seem to have this can-do attitude but also just this unshakable belief in yourselves and each other where does that come from I don't know but we think we think we can do things I mean, we do make mistakes, but I think we also support each other where we're allowed to make mistakes. So then that gives you leverage to believe in yourself. So we're very supportive and either of us make a mistake. It's not like naughty, naughty. It's like fantastic. What did you learn from that? Okay, let's do it again then. And let's just not make that mistake. Mm. So I think we're not shy to, to be wrong. We're not shy to make mistakes. We're not shy to fail. We don't see failing as a disappointment or something wrong. So I think that's it. And maybe it's it's probably from our parents. They probably, you know, we failed. They probably said, well done. That's amazing. You guys have such a beautiful relationship. <laughs> you do. And it's interesting you said offline um, the other day when we were chatting about this that you weren't friends for a long time. You were business partners but not friends. But it really seems like you're great friends now as well as business partners. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we are business partners then friends, I guess, and that's how we've always had the relationship, which means that, you know, business comes first and that's our baby. So it's like, you know, Merch Girls is our baby. So we always have to put, you know, our little baby first 
and friendship comes second. And I think that's a great way to have a business, you know, partnership because you know your intent is to look after your little business. It's not, oh, were you polite to each other? You know, did she graze me off or anything like that? We've never had any of that. So it's always been pretty straightforward and we've put, you know, the job at hand in front of, you know, our personal, you know, friendships. We never needed more or better friends. Like we both have amazing circles that have started to infiltrate now, but, you know, it was all separate and it was all cool and I just liked Pippa for her energy and her business and that got me going. I'm like, you might not necessarily be my friend, but I want to be surrounded with you a lot. So we've obviously spoken a lot about your strengths and your wins and, you know, the moments in the journey where stuff has just miraculously happened or, you know, come into your sphere. But building a business is damn hard and, you know, we always like to share the stories of challenges because that's the reality for all of us building businesses. What have been some of the really hard things about building Merch Girls? I can remember one. We just got back from Sydney and we'd done this amazing sales trip and we met with, um, you know, some of amazing companies, Telstra and Macquarie, and it was such a positive, positive um, sales trip, really introduced Merch Girls into lots of corporate companies in Sydney and we started doing our show and tell and really, you know, everyone was so impressed, you know, everyone was about to place orders and it was a really exciting time and we really thought, yep, Merch Girls is, you know, it's definitely going to the next level and we'd heard about this, you know, COVID, potential COVID-19 situation but we're like, oh, okay, well, we were just in China. We didn't feel it. So who knows what's going to happen, but let's just keep looking forward. And then I remember the day where we're at the office and we're like, what is going on? And Hannah and I, I think we're sitting in the gutter or the car park with a bottle of wine, with some dirty coffee cups going, what are we going to do? And this lovely lady just said, I've just let 20 staff go. I'm closing up shop. It was dark time. The moon was out and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, everything's over. The whole world is going to stop. I was like, okay, cool. Well, it's been nice. Like it's been great. It's, I guess it's over. So we, we had um, some quick decisions to make following that night in the car park. A, hibernate, let all our staff go. Pippa and I basically go to ground. If we get an inquiry, we deal with it. We have no help. And maybe at the end we can come out and start again. Number two was shut shop completely, take any money that was left and go our separate ways. And number three was go hard. (laughs) And we did that. So we didn't let any staff go. And I'm not sure whose idea it was, if it was yours or mine. I think it was yours. And we thought, let's just give all our clients a gift. Let's give them an emergency COVID pack. You know, we're really thinking about our clients. We're so scared about what was happening ourselves. And we're like, oh, my goodness, everyone has to be scared. Let's just get everyone on board that's working with us and let's make these boxes. and let's Because we didn't have orders anymore. Like everything dried up. The pipeline yeah. was done. Like no was orders from that day. Order. 
So we just, you know, we got Alicia, our head designer, and we said, let's get some really cool designs going. Let's brighten up these really scary products like a hand sound bottle and a face mask. Let's make mm. these cute. Let's make this fun. And we sent these amazing, what were they called? Emergency emergency kits emergency kits so we just sent all our clients we called them we said how are you going had a great conversation with our clients really learned where they were at you know they were working from home or what their fears were and you know we were all feeling something at that time then we asked for their home addresses so we could send them a little present and that was amazing, it wasn't it? It kept us really busy and it gave us something to do. Gave us some purpose. Got everyone involved in a little group project in, in our team. And um, then I think Telstra said, oh, thanks so much. Can we just change the colours and send one out to all, yeah. our, all, all our clients? Because I was going to say that must have been a scary decision to invest cash in yes. these gifts for your clients when you had no cash coming in yeah absolutely it was, it was um people had gone on a on a forum like a, a webinar and it was like if you disappear in a time like this and you're not marketing yourself effectively you're done like you have to step it up and get very visible so that's what yeah. we did but just going back to what challenges have we faced apart from you know COVID and oof all of that, you know, every single step up in our business has been a major work through. So, you know, the first hire, who is that person? Who do we critically need? You know, where have we got? And, you know, bringing someone in, oof, oh God, we don't actually have a process for your job. Okay, we're going to have to create that before we hire them. Oh, we need a contract. Who do we get that from? So everything was completely learnt. We we formed Merch Girls without a plan. We didn't even know about the promotional merchandise space. You know, we started with an opportunity for one client. So we have cobbled together, I suppose, like a really amazing, like if we look at all, look, we've had, we've, worked like Pippa and I used to take a Tuesday night and say this is our late night to work and we've got little kids and we come home 12 one o'clock in the morning that was for years for years like that was our brand building time where we conquered like okay let's find a better accounting software or we need a better bookkeeper we have no idea what our numbers are so it was like the challenges have been uncountable innumerable and constant and I think this is the first year that we really feel that we've got the fundamentals in place to take us further. You know, we've now got a team of full-time staff of 10. We've got our, you know, amazing team of contractors that we rely on like on a weekly basis. We've got this kick-ass team of people who really support us and do a brilliant job. And so I think now we can breathe. We've worked our asses off and lots of late nights and just, yeah, lots of working it out together. Final question, what is next on the agenda for Merch Girls? So what's next for Merch Girls? What's a big, long, long, long list? But what we're working on at the moment is diversifying our supply chain, which is really, really exciting. So just looking at, uh, well, building relationships in other countries, 
So we're starting to work a lot more with Indonesia, Vietnam, and sort of starting that whole process, which is really exciting. We're also looking to have an organic collection in our apparel. So that's really exciting. And we do know a lot about organic fabric and we know there's a lot of, you know, pretend organic fabric out there. So that actually takes a little bit of time to make sure that we've, you know, got the correct supplier, that everything is, you know, fantastic. We're increasing our sustainable range, which is really exciting. One thing that I I don't think we've mentioned is that we are the leaders in nude packaging. So everything that we bring in from overseas and deliver to our clients, we do not use any poly bags, which is like a huge achievement. And we are the only merchandise company in Australia that does that. And we really worked hard trading all our suppliers not to use single-use plastic. So everything basically comes in the nude, which is great, but we want to do more. For me, like the future, I said to people last Christmas lunch from Merch Girls Lunch, I said, you know, people are the end of next year, which is like coming up. I want double the amount of bums on seats around our table. And that's exactly what we've made happen this year. Um, I feel like success, success for me is having an bloody awesome team that make things happen. And we just can't go back now. And I think having the support and the loyalty of the women outside in in the office right here is the key for the future and we just want to become a place to work. I want to be known, work at Merch Girls, yes, that's where you want to work, go work there. So that's my personal future goal is to become this fun, well-renowned culture of creativity and a bit of fun. and Happy staff, happy 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 clients, happy suppliers. What a story, hey? Lots of takeaways from this one. Firstly, it is really true that when one door closes, another one opens. Even something that might seem really bad for you or your business right now could be an epic opportunity in disguise. So remember that. Secondly, it is okay to work stuff out on the fly. In fact, if you're working stuff out on the go, it's a sign that your business is leveling up and you're growing. Lean into this feeling and embrace it. And lastly, show your clients and customers that you care. Building strong relationships is really important in business and the best way to do this authentically is to treat others really well. Send them a thoughtful note, make a helpful introduction and get to know them as people. This approach will really see the relationships paying off in the long term. We hope you enjoyed the chat. We would really appreciate a subscribe or a follow if you enjoyed the show. And if you're feeling a little generous, please leave us a review. You can also come and join us on Instagram at lady.brains or chat with us in our Facebook group, The Lady Brains Clubhouse.